somewhere for the first time, there's this desire to explore what the destination offers you and an expectation of how that place might meet your needs. For someone traveling to Israel for the first time, say a birthright trip, a family vacation or study abroad, the journey's about Israel helping you find yourself, connect with your family or your roots, grow your knowledge or escape your reality and just be a tourist. It's the Western Wall, Masada, the Dead Sea, and the beaches of Tel Aviv. The things that people see when they come to Israel. But when you make a choice to return to a place, to return to Israel, it's often because it gave you what you were looking for, and in returning, there's a desire to give thanks and give back. The focus isn't on you, but on helping others. And in choosing to return to help others and to give of yourself, you often get what you didn't even know you needed. When you step off the tourist trail and into the realities of day-to-day -day life, you find the real heart of a place, sometimes in the most unexpected places. One of the best things for me was, was the location where I was teaching and living at Ben Shemin, um, which is functioned similar to a boarding school. It was really just beautiful community to be able to be a part of and be um, a member in for, for about four weeks. I honestly didn't feel significantly more barriers moving to Mitzperamon than I did moving to New Orleans. It might sound silly, but clearly Mies Pheromones feels way farther away and way more different than a place that's already in America. But for me, those experiences were very, very similar. Things are just more challenging here. There's less people, there's less, um, there's one grocery store, one bank, there's just a lot um, less around. And I think you just have to have, um, there's only a specific type of person that can come to a place that's so different and be able to adapt and kind of grow and learn with the challenges. And I'm not saying it hasn't been difficult. I think that you just have to have that resilience in order to get something out of it. I like living in midspan, I cannot lie. The desert is super fly. When an ibex walks in with a great big horn and a stash hanging down his face, I get pumped. You just heard from three Talma teachers. Teach for America Chicago alum Ellie Goldman, who was won over by the underrated quiet of the Ben Shemin Youth Village. Fellow TFAer Hannah Glickman, who surprised herself with the ease of transitioning from the music and Mardi Gras of the Big Easy to the Moktesh craters of Mitzvah Ramon. And Bostonian Brittany Fraser, who discovered her resilience from the challenges of desert living. While this wasn't the first trip to Israel for any of them, and Talma isn't the first trip to Israel for most Talma teachers, as only the rare first-timer is accepted to the program when their sense of purpose shines above their wanderlust, it is almost every Talma teacher's first time entering the types of communities where Talma serves. Low income, in Israel's geographic or social periphery, places that most likely aren't on your travel agent's radar. And while if you were passing through these regions on your own, you might not choose to stop or stay, or choosing to stay would feel like making a sacrifice, in going to these places with a purpose and a mission with Talma, they reveal their hidden charm. You fall in love with communities you might otherwise have overlooked, and suddenly, what to others would be a hardship becomes a meaningful and enriching experience worth the sacrifice. So I've, I've left my family, I've left my fiance and our dog, and I'm, I'm planning a wedding from here, so that's been interesting. Um, I've left, you know, all of my friends and um, my job behind. I left everything behind in Chicago that I had, um, but I was also entering kind of a new year of my life where I wasn't, I knew I wasn't returning to my high school in Chicago, and 
I was looking for new opportunities and experiences in the classroom. So why are you here? Like really, you love your family, your friends, you've only been to Israel briefly before, you can barely find your assigned teaching location on Google Maps, your electric guitar won't travel on an LL flight, and the bed over there might not be as cushiony. There are a lot of legitimate reasons to not do new things in life, to not go outside when it's cold, to go to college near your hometown, or watch the same movie for the 11th time. It's comfortable, predictable, safe. But then, why do Talma teachers every year do the exact opposite of that? Make the decision to exit their comfort zone, go somewhere unknown, give up their summer vacations to take on a difficult job. I'm Deborah Feinberg, Deputy Director of Talma and former Talma teacher. And for today's episode of the Adventurous Teacher Podcast, I spoke with nine current and former Talma teachers to try and get at the heart of what makes for a Talma teacher and what drives these individuals to go on a teaching abroad journey to Israel. In addition to Hannah, Ellie, and Brittany, we'll also hear from tenured teacher Rachel Morrison in Chicago, Talma summer and full year alum Rachel Ging, who has made Israel her permanent home, and Naama Reitman, Thomas Pedagogy Coordinator from Relay Graduate School of Education. My two most closely held values are community and communication. There's a quote actually that says, education is the manifestation of the perfection already within us. Um, and that quote is always in the forefront of my mind when I'm entering a classroom. I just have always had just a very strong sense of wanderlust and love of exploring and understanding new cultures, you know, wanting to truly immerse myself in things that are unlike what I do or what I feel or what I believe. Now I'm teaching uh, with Haredim ultra-Orthodox students uh, in B'nai B'rak, which is a completely different environment than where I grew up and where I live. Uh, so it's it's, it's different, but I think I, I come with that same mindset, wanting to meet students where they are and really accept them uh, for who they are and honor their culture and who they are as people um, and not try to impose any sort of, um, of my own judgment or views onto them. When I'm having a hard time or when a kid's not understanding me or a student isn't participating in a lesson, I try to think about the things what I value and try to remember that um, how can I use them to to shape what I'm doing in the classroom to make me a better educator. My philosophy of teaching uh, is a lot about teaching with love. Uh, we're certainly going to not love every second of every day of the work, um, but I think that especially on Talma, um, love of kids, love of teaching, love of learning, love of meeting new people uh, is a critical aspect to doing this work well and to having a great time doing it. So let's get into the mindset of young teachers. Talma participants look to make an impact in the wider world, but also in their own professional development, because down the line, they might want to apply to other kinds of leadership positions as a principal, coach, or maybe an executive of a nonprofit. Teaching in Israel for many will provide that extra edge to their profile, a chance to better understand their leadership, tune into their values, and find their voice. Now, there are young teachers listening to this podcast right now. If you're someone considering joining Talma or are already on board, one question that may be on your mind is, what does it take to be a Talma teacher? 
What kind of person can go abroad, teach in a community for which English is not the primary language, and then succeed at it? I asked the same thing of many individuals who did just that. You need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Open to anything. It can go with the flow. I would definitely say you have to be open-minded. You have to be creative. Uh, you have to have kind of an adventurous um, spirit. And you have to kind of um, be able to adapt to new situations. Someone who is up for a new challenge, and that is in all aspects, a challenge of moving to a brand new country, a challenge of moving somewhere where everyone doesn't speak the same language as you. Um, as a teacher, a challenge of working with a brand new population of students. Just the sheer fact of stepping on an airplane and going to teach in a country that's unlike the one you teach in at home is, that's a huge step. And I think being open-minded and just being able to like understand that it's going to be a very different experience than you're used to and being okay with that. Problem with teachers are teachers who are used to maybe information coming at the last minute, who are used to things like schedule changes and who are always willing to, to go with the flow in order to make sure that their students have the best experience possible. I'd heard from other teachers that had been in Talma before, it's going to be kind of disorganized and I'm the type of person that's really organized, but I found that the kids were um, so open and embracing. I don't necessarily have um, a book I'm following. I have a lot of my own ideas that I'm coming up with and really just building upon. If you're a teacher who feels like you want to have all the control in the world over your classroom and you you know, don't want anything to go wrong, Tama's not going to be the kind of experience that uh, <laughs> well, you'd find to be positive. Um, that being said, you'll learn more through uh, this kind of experience of going to a foreign community and, and serving it um, than you would by staying in your own classroom and, you know, doing what's just natural and what's safe and comfortable for you. I didn't want to be a teacher that was just always doing, like, worksheets or always just doing a PowerPoint or things out of a textbook. I wanted to do things that were fun and engaging um, that the students would um, participate in, have fun in, and um, be actually learning at the same time. I'd say one of the most powerful things that uh, a non-Israeli teacher can do coming in is to be willing to make mistakes up in front of the students. Uh, learning a new language can be daunting, it can be scary, it can sometimes feel embarrassing when we make a lot of mistakes. Uh, and so some of the greatest trauma teachers I've seen are ones who are willing to, to make mistakes up in front of the group, who are willing to, to try new words in Hebrew that they might never have tried before. Um, and to laugh at themselves while they're doing it, uh, which just encourages uh, a culture of error in the classroom and one where students really feel comfortable uh, taking risks in English and making mistakes. Ultimately, I think you're looking for someone who has the right mindsets and attitudes about kids and the way kids learn. You know, someone who sees every kid as, you know, it is my job to take the barriers away from them learning and just let them take off uh, because every kid can learn. I'm looking to see, like, what can I learn about these students? You know, I want to understand who they are. I want to understand what they like, 
you know, what they don't like, what are their goals, what are their dreams, what is their family life, you know, what food do they like to eat. So instead of just, you know, looking at the lessons at hand and seeing the words I need to teach them, I really want to get to know the kids first. When we think about setting a vision for the summer, I ask teachers to reflect on their own personal teaching philosophy and to think about the best practices that they're bringing with them and the beliefs that they're bringing with them from the teaching experiences that they already have, um, either in in the United States or the other countries where they're from. Little Ibex, where are your parents? Don't you eat that trash bag you found on the street? Tell me why you don't look before you cross the road. Hurry up or you may be towed. No two Tama teachers are the same. These are impressive individuals coming from all different walks of life, each approaching their teaching job in a different way. However, speak with a few dozen Tama teachers and you'll see patterns crop up. Certain ways in which they talk about themselves, their jobs, what they care about, and how they choose to live their lives. Tama teachers all share a connection with Israel, a desire to spread love and kindness in children's lives, and a common purpose to promote equity in education. I think what attracted me first to Talma was that it married my love of Israel with my love of teaching and really reaching those students who may not necessarily um, be reached during the school year with English. Um, and I just really love kind of digging deep into that and really helping to put a stop to educational inequities. I feel as though every student and every, well, every person deserves the same opportunities. Going to school in Israel, Ben Shemin, where students are sent there sometimes, um, not by their own will, but by the will of the government or by um, parents who are present or who are absent or who are abusive or neglected. Um, I always enter the classroom knowing that the classroom is the space in which um, a human life can be changed. And that's, I think, all the motivation or inspiration I need to get into a class of strangers or of familiar students for me and work with them so that they can feel they are empowered to live the kind of life they want to live, be who they want to be, and learn who they want to be. Because um, I'm still learning as a 24-year-old, and so imagine if you're a 12-year-old or 13-year-old, middle school, high school, elementary school even. Every student can learn and should be given the opportunity to do so. All people should have the opportunity to learn no matter what age they are. And I feel like education is something that is a right and not a privilege. And as you know, a public educator, I believe in public education. And I believe that all students should be given the same opportunities and encouraged to do and be anything that they set their mind to. Social justice informs many of my goals as a professional, as an educator, but I think it's just the overwhelming, I don't know how to, a good way to put this, I think it's just the, the overwhelming theme of every decision that I make inside the classroom. Um, you know, even with my little ones back at home, you know, I'm thinking of some of those bigger issues. There's a concept in modern Judaism a phrase that has informed the Talmud program since its outset. It's called Tikkun Olam. It's about an effort to repair the world and leave it better than how you found it. When you teach someone something new, Tikkun Olam. When you bring a smile to their face, 
tikkun olam. Talk to some Talmud teachers and they'll tell you about bridging cultural gaps and giving children the tools to succeed later in life. Talk to others and they'll brag about making their students laugh, playing soccer with them, and the time that one kid who just wasn't getting it finally did. No matter whom you ask though, tikkun olam runs through the answer. I'm a big football fan uh, of American football, so I brought uh, a football with me over the summer. And so on breaks, we have about two 30-minute breaks during the Tama teaching day. Um, I would bring that football every day and, and teach my students how to throw like a spiral. And, and we play around a lot. Even after the school day, we'd go to the field at Ben Shemin and throw it around. Um, on Mondays, I remember going down to the pool at Ben Shemin with several of the other teachers and it was like a big night swim. We had a competition. Who can come up with like the best dance routine and perform at the community gathering like one of the last nights that we were there. And so I was getting my team ready and I was like, guys, we are doing the Cupid Shuffle. So it was, that was, that was where the language barrier was actually really tough. Um, kids didn't know what the words meant. You know, when you're when you're saying to the right, to the right, you know, we had to we had to work a bit on that. So um, but they got into it. They would, you know, stay. We'd break for recess and kids would stay in the classroom and try and just keep dancing and, and learning it. And we finally got it and went and performed it. And the kids knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. I love when they are trying to use every single English word they know to try to ask me a question or communicate something with me. Um, it's just amazing. I was always the first one to be dropped off and I was the only one at this school. So I would wait outside like for 30 minutes until the guard got there and once the guard got there, I'd get to go in. Um, so after about the third day of school, this one little girl realized that I would have to wait by myself every morning outside of the school. And so I'd get to the school like about it would be about an hour before school started. And so on the fourth day of school, all of a sudden, my student had, she was right by my side, you know, waiting with me for when the guard unlocked the door. And, you know, we couldn't really communicate. My Hebrew knowledge is very limited. Her English was very limited, non-existent, just like my Hebrew. And um, when my co-teacher got there, um, what she had talked to my student and my student had said she had woken up early that morning when she realized I'd have to wait by myself. Um, and she would wake up then every morning for the rest of the program. So the next two weeks, she woke up early, got everything done to care of her little brothers and sisters and waited with me um, in the morning so I wouldn't have to wait alone for the guard to come. And she would bring me like small bags of cereal because she was afraid I didn't eat breakfast. Um, and we, you know, would just sit and play games, um, oftentimes not speaking in English. I'd, I'd get her to try to speak as much English as possible, and she'd teach me Hebrew, but a lot of times not sharing words, but that love and that kindness between us was felt, and, you know, she taught me how to perfect a cartwheel and a skirt, and, you know, she taught me many, many things that just go beyond words. You know, what? one of the coolest things was the last day. I remember after the kids left, or as they were leaving, they, they didn't want to leave. They were really sad. My second summer, I came back to the same school. I wasn't teaching there, but uh, we had a chance to visit the other schools in the community, and all the kids 
uh, it was their last or second to last day of school and they ran up and hugged me and one kid said to me, Rachel, like, I never thought you would come back. I thought you left us. They said that they wanted to dedicate a chair in the town to us. And I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, like, I really appreciate it. This is so nice of you guys, but like, come on, like, you know, we're leaving your country. You don't, it's okay. You don't have to say that, you know, but I appreciate it. And we left and like six months later, I get a YouTube video link sent to me, click on it. And it links to a video from the school and they're like taking the camera outside and it show, goes up to a bench and it's like the Zach bench or, you know, Zach and Noah or whoever our group was. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. They followed through on that. I asked at the beginning of this episode, who would leave their home, go somewhere unknown, take on a tough job and give up a summer vacation to do it? Here then is our answer to that question. It's someone who believes passionately that teaching is not just a job, but a mission, and who's willing to make some smaller sacrifices towards that larger mission to achieve Tikkun Olam. Talma is where teachers cause change to their own futures and those of the generations to come. They come for a summer like Cupid Shuffler, Zach Hofeld, or a year like New Jersey and Marissa Galley, and in some cases, never leave like New Olim, Rachel Gang. But each leave their mark behind with their students, their school, and maybe even a bench or two that will forever honor their impact. I've been Deborah Feinberg. TalmaIsrael.com is the website. I'll see you back here for episode four. Waiting for the bus at the stop on the street. Sun is bright, beating down on me. Opon class is waiting for us. Didn't have time for coffee, now we're all of a fuss. Israeli time really messes with me. You said 8.30, now I gotta pee. Whoa, it's Beersheba day. Let's get crackin', better start packin', gettin' on a big jet plane Going on a mission, a teaching expedition, and you're never gonna be the same The weather's swell, well hot as hell, we thought that you should know and just assume you'll share a room It ain't the Four Seasons, hello? Oh yes, you're teaching in Israel You can conceive, you won't believe The adventure that's in store That's right, you're teaching in Israel Better hang on tight with all your might Unlike anything you've done before The kids are warm, hugs are the norm They all love to embrace but you'll run for cover when the class is over Say goodbye to your personal space At night unwind, rest your mind Or wait for weekend leave Go and scream and blow off steam In a club in Tel Aviv You wake at dawn, your life force gone So sleepy, it's insane But those kids will swarm your zombie form Till you're alive again Because you're teaching in Israel you can't conceive, you won't believe This adventurous endeavor Oh yes, you're teaching in Israel You'll be an inspiration It's about education and changing lives forever Guys, you're about to experience Israel like you never have before. You're going to have a huge impact in these kids' lives. 
Over the coming weeks, we're going to be sending you videos with all the information you need to know. We'll talk to you soon.